You're listening to Mischief Media. Hey, Nonplus listeners. This week's sponsor is the OG nerd subscription box, Loot Crate. We love Loot Crate. We've got art, collectibles, and t-shirts from our own subscription adorning our shelves at this very moment. Why did you put t-shirts on a shelf? Well, I... I didn't. It's just, it's for the ad. We've got Loot Crate stuff, you know, decor. It would be weird to have t-shirts on a shelf. Yes, it would, but you could put it in a frame or if it's signed, you might shadow box it with other stuff. Loot Crate is the monthly subscription service that partners with entertainment, gaming, sports, and pop culture brands to deliver themed crates right to your little geeky hands. Choose from a ton of different crates from specific franchises like Marvel or general themes like anime, gaming, sci-fi, and more. Best part, they offer local shipping in a ton of different countries. So geeks around the world rejoice. To get 15% off your first Loot Crate order, you've got to use our very special link in the episode description. And when you're ready to purchase, use code NONPLUSSED and snag that discount. Use it for a gift. Use it for a subscription. Just don't use it late for dinner. What? Click the link in the episode description and use the code NONPLUSSED at checkout for 15% off your first purchase. I'll geek to that. And one from Mahler. This whole film undoubtedly, to my eyes, has sort of a low-key stoner vibe happening. Yeah. I feel like it would have been a better viewing experience if I'd been stoned. Another episode of Non Plus, a gay romp through the Disney Plus vault. That over there is my husband Clancy. Oh, over there is my husband Josh. And this is Non Plus, a mischief media podcast. Even though this has nothing to do with Darth Vader at all, it has nothing to do with Darth <laughs> Vader. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Hi. Um, happy to be here. Yeah. Delighted to be here. Excited to be here. We're here. We're here. We're queer. You got to be used to it by now. Yeah. Let's jump into this because good Lord, we don't need to drag it out any more than it already was. No. But first up, as always, highlights from Mischief Merch. We've got new 100% That Witch mug and tumblers just in time for the spoopy season. Cute. And you can also try to laugh away the impending heat death of the world with the hot ghoul summer drinkware stickers and shirts. Yes. Hot ghoul. Hot ghoul summer. Yeah. It's a hard one. It, it is a hard one, especially this. We're only just now out of the triple digits. We are. But that's neither here nor there. If, however, you're going to purchase some MCU stuff or some nonplussed merch, use the code nonplus 10. Yeah. Get 10% off your purchase when you check out. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. 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 Also, D23, right around the corner. Actually, yeah, our next episode is going to drop the weekend D23 starts, which means absolutely nothing for our content, but we thought you might be want to be aware as a listener of this podcast. Yeah, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of holes in that Marvel schedule. There's a lot of holes in that Marvel schedule, but specifically and we'll mention this again next next time when you hear us. Yeah. Starting at 1 p.m. Pacific, they're doing a live stream of Marvel and Disney games. So we'll probably see an update on that fun Midnight Suns game Ooh, yeah. that um that's coming. 
Um, we'll link some details in the show notes, both to the stream and to a Polygon article about it. But also, they're doing their Disney Legends honorees again, and Chadwick oh. Boseman is going to be one of them. Nice. That's yeah. rad. Yeah. So D23 happening weekend of September 9th. If you're interested, check all the things for that. Um, I went once. It was a lot of fun. Oh, um, yeah. That's a, a, honestly how we got our first a, a subscription to Disney+. That's how we Plus. got our subscription to Disney+. Plus. You paid for like three years in a row. Something like that. <laughs> like, but it was worth it. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. It was such a great deal. Anyway. Anyway. Um, before we get started, as always, our uh, research is done on Wikipedia, IMDb, Rotten Tomatoes, and this time, StarWars.Fandom.com, Yeah, because what did we watch this time, Clancy? Well, we watched uh, Caravan of Courage. An Ewok adventure. Yes, yeah, indeed. My goodness. Oh. It was released on November 25th, 1984, with a brisk runtime of 97 minutes. It feels twice as long as that. My God. Directed by John Cordy, story by George Lucas, and screenplay by Bob Carrow. A, a bit of background real quick on this. Thomas Smith produced the film after stepping down as the manager of Industrial Light and Magic following his work from Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Yeah. Uh, so when shopping around the film, Smith discovered that none of the TV networks were interested in a half hour. The all uh, the only one that was interested was ABC in a two hour movie of the week project. They had their like Disney Sunday evening movies. I any Disney film that I owned as a child was recorded straight off of that like Disney magical evening programming Absolutely. or whatever. Yeah. Um but we did not have this one recorded from the TV. So yeah, they were interested in a two hour movie of the week. Um so the project was expanded to fill that request. Yeah. Uh you can tell. The producers initially conceived the project as a cross between Hansel and Gretel and Tarzan of the Apes. Uh I don't meh. <laughs> yeah. I, uh. <laughs> um, but it was first shown on American television as the Ewok adventure and was rechristened caravan of courage and Ewok adventure for its international release. Um, it was released on VHS and Laserdisc in 1990 through MGM under the original title. And uh, I think subsequently got a 2004 DVD release. Yeah. Something like sense. that. Yeah. Well, cause it was definitely remastered. Like they're, they, they definitely went through and yes. Uh, Rescanned the film that it was on for sure this is the cast yes warwick davis as wicket w warwick yeah i didn't realize wicket had a full name <laughs> yeah i didn't realize middle names were a ewok cultural touchstone didn't, anyway didn't realize aubrey miller as sindel tawani eric walker as mace tawani Fanola flanagan as katarin tawani guy boyd as jeremit tawani daniel frischman as deej uh, Debbie Lee Carrington as Weechi. Tony Cox as Whittle. Kevin Thompson as Chaka Khan. Nope. Nope. Uh, Chuka Truck. There you go. Margarita Fernandez as Kank. Pam Grizz as Shodu. Bobby Bell as Low Gray. Burl Ives as Narrator. Daryl Henriquez as the voice of Wicket. And Sydney Walker as the voice of Deej. Didn't realize that they had separate voice and physical actors, but I guess it makes sense. I guess. Who cares? I don't like, even know. What does the script like, even look like? Because you can't. No, I mean, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. Well, well first of all, and I mean, just to just to preface this, all of the Ewokies, which happens in the movie, yes. is subtitled in Ewokies. So or there is no translation. Ewokies. Right. It doesn't it doesn't have any sort of literal translation for it. And it's like 
why even have the subtitles for it then? Yeah, we aren't granted any sort of benefit from those. And in again, we'll get into it. You yeah. hadn't seen this before. No, I hadn't seen this before. No, I feel like it exists somewhere in the back of my consciousness. But yeah. goodness, none of this sparked uh, joy, much less memory. Yeah, none of this was familiar <laughs> to me at all. I did not realize that this existed until... We saw it on Disney Plus and I looked and I, t- I think we watched the preview for it and I was like, yeah, no. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right, let's get into it. Let's do it. Our story begins in a time long, long ago, deep in an enchanted forest on the distant moon of Endor. On the forest moon of Endor, the Tawani family star cruiser lies wrecked. The Tawani family, Katerin, Jeremit, Mace, and Sindel, are stranded. When Katerin and Jeremit vanish, the children are found by the Ewok Deej. After Mace tries to kill them, the Ewoks subdue him and take both children to the Ewoks' home. There, Sindel and Wicket become friends. Shortly thereafter, the Ewoks kill a boar wolf only to find a life monitor from one of the Tawani parents with the creature. Okay. Well, um, that is a concise. Look, uh, I went for <laughs> I went for brevity here because yeah. they take great pains to fill this 90 minutes oh my with God. nonsense. There was we we got 27 minutes into it. Yeah. And I was like, I could have taken 20 minutes out of this and we would be at the exact same place with the exact same stakes. Yeah. Well, I think that's when it when it became very clear that, oh, yes, this was a half hour concept stretched into 90 minutes (laughs) with time for commercials in between. And apparently long ago in a galaxy far, far away, parents still talked like uh, 80s family dramedies because this dialogue (laughs) at the beginning is it sounds like something out of a movie of the week. Every day since the crash, you've told them not to leave the ship. I've told them, too. I knew we shouldn't have left them alone, not even for a minute. Just to go find that transmitter. They're only little kids. They won't know what to do. They don't even know where we are. I'll check the cruiser again. Oh, Jeremy, what's happened to them? I told them not to leave the ship. You know what? Fair point. It's a movie of the week. I mean, uh, yes, <laughs> uh, absolutely. Absolutely. The other side of this, too, is just like the, the acting just... It doesn't feel Star Warsy, no, at all. It and doesn't. It's like, especially with the idea that this was like George Lucas stepped back in because of how bad the holiday special did, yeah. or whatever. And this is what we got. Come on, yeah, it's pretty uh, sad. You know, what else? depressing. Yeah, you yeah. know what else is pretty though? What? Katarin's hair that looks like she just walked out of the stylist. Well, sure, but you know, they crash those- landed on a planet. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, they got good hair product in, in a galaxy far, far away. Perhaps it's L'Oreal Coruscant. You're worth it too. You know, I who knows? But then we get uh, we learn the name for this beast later. But the Gorax enters, and uh, the note that I had was "Fee Fi Fo Fairy." I got an axe in them, big and hairy. Like he's just that was fun. There's nothing about. Nothing about this creature that screams Star Wars to me. It would have been more fun if that creature was sentient or like at least like was just like. I mean, it looks sentient. Yeah. The scariest thing about it are its realistic human eyes. Yeah. Jesus. The man in that suit terrified me just because of those eyes. Also, Katarin and Jeremy are lazy ass space names, but not as lazy as Luke and Ben. (laughs) 
they at least tried a little bit there. But yeah, no, to your point, this being in, in 4K is not doing it any favors. These Ewoks look fucking terrifying because you can tell the <laughs> eyes aren't moving. You can yes. tell the facial expressions just aren't there. And it's in glorious high definition yeah, on a giant fucking 56-inch TV. Yeah. Terrifying. Yeah, th- those smushed faces of those Ewoks. It took some getting used to. It really did. Uh, the narrator is a useful device to get around the fact that 80% of the characters aren't speaking common or whatever the fuck English is called in this universe. Sure. And as you pointed out, they don't bother to translate anything. No. In an Ewok village on the moon of Endor, Deej tries to summon two of his sons who went into the woods and have not returned. He fears they may be lost. That said, the narrator also gives this a very uh, planet Endor, Ewok manner kind of uh, nature documentary feel to it. Yeah, I really hope that for the next one that they do, that they get David Attenborough to do the narration for it. Um, oh my, I would pay good money for a uh, David Attenborough redub of the narration. And it's like a porg, but it's doing that thing like where it jumps on the cameraman and is like bapping it in the head trying to make uh, love to it. You've yep. seen that. You've seen that video. Hell, I'll drop in some audio for it. <laughs> Do you think it is a, um, he's actually attempting a sort of mating ritual? He is. <laughs> oh, lost. <laughs> You are being shagged. Oh, no. Of course, Look, he's so happy. Sorry, but this is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. You are being shagged by a rare parrot. But also this narrator being kind of deadpan-y. He's literally just reading lines in the script. He's literally just reading. Earl Ives came in for two hours. Yeah. Did each line twice. And said deuces and bounced right back out. And it's just, it's such a, it it takes you out so much. Like it would be different if he was narrating the entire time. Right. But the fact is, is that we go swaths of like 15 minute, 15 minutes of him not talking. And then suddenly he comes back in. Because six Ewoks are trying to have a conversation and somebody's got to explain it because these don't, these kids don't understand. Oh my God. Um, Deed shouts, uh, Widowichi when he sees his kids. Mm hmm. I'm pretty sure that's what I used to call my dick before I hit puberty. Oh, no. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Oh, but practically speaking, it's got to be hard as fuck to climb those rocks in those teddy bear suits. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I don't think that they were actually climbing that vertically. You know, the camera was probably tilted or whatever. But just trying, just seeing those feet trying to get purchase on the rocks. Yeah. I just, I was like, God, that's a. Well, awful that, day of acting. And you could see this, the seams between their gloves that they're wearing and the feet Let's, that they're wearing. Like, I, If we start talking about all of the practicalities you can see in this film, this girl, episode will be twice as long as it needs to be. Girl, they, they had it down in the movies. There's it, no reason why they couldn't. Yes, there is, baby. Uh, Budget. TV. I mean. That's why this looks and feels the way it does, yeah, because it was for fair. TV. I guess. Yeah, I mean. It's fair. Uh, now, two things. There is no way you would have seen that star cruiser glinting windshield, whatever, 
from above the canopy of the forest moon of Endor. Yeah, it wasn't no like way. it was out in the middle of, a, like if it was in a clearing, that would make sense. Yeah. But no, this is under a like highly forested area. When they when they finally get back to the Star Cruiser. The kids were in it the whole fucking time. Yeah. And it's, yes, under layers and layers and layers of trees. You couldn't see it. And then we get this whole thing with, this is where they bring up these health bands or the, like. The life bands. The life bands. Life alert. Uh, I've no, fall- it's called life monitor. Life alert is the joke that you're about to yeah. make, which is. I've fallen and I can't get up. On the forest moon of Andor. Yes. The fact that they didn't have interpersonal communication through these bands. Right. Is nonsense. Total nonsense. Like, the kids were inside the ship. That's or at what, least that's what we're led to believe. Exactly. What is happening? I don't know, but it seems like a bad idea to give a hormonal teenager a blaster. This fucking moody, moody teen. Get your hands off her! No, Mace, no! Be quiet, Sindel. They weren't hurting me. These might be the guys who have mom and dad. I think they want to be our friends. Your hands over now. <laughs> That's it, my face. It was so, it was so cringe and frustrating, like frustrating to watch. Yeah. And then at at some point they start again. We get untranslated Ewokies with one of them just shouting "Kush, Kush." Do Do you guys have anything to eat? Kush, Kush, to eat. Huh? Any food? Kush, food. Eat, eat. And I'm like, is it Hindu Kush? What kind of Kush yeah, is it? Is it sativa or is it an that, indica? They got that good Kush. Wh- which kind of Kush is it? Who knows? They may be growing pot because they got goats. They got horses. They got ferrets. They got ferrets. They've got actual chickens. We didn't need the the agricultural, the far, you know, the fucking 4-H FFA of it all. If you're not going to have funky space animals, what's the fucking point? It really, That's a regular ass goat. They didn't have horses in the movies. Right. And I feel like that would have played an important part. Now, technically, and I found this out on StarWars.Fandom.com. Yes. This predates the battle for Endor. This happens before, which brings up a lot of questions as to why the Ewoks react to Luke and Leia the way they do. But whatever. Right. Point is, maybe some sort of imperial and or geological disaster happened where all of the normal, quote unquote, animals somehow disappeared from the moon. By the time Luke and Leia arrive. Yeah, they really did. And that's the other confusing. Thing. It doesn't make any sense. And also, we don't even explain how they crash landed. Like, it, why not show that? Why not show them in space right. and having that happen? Budget. That would have been a lot more interesting. Budget. Sure. It's got to be. I mean, I, I know. But at the same time, if, if George Lucas was serious about making this into a better Star Wars property. Yeah. He failed. So, uh, Sindel is sick. And they give her a little bit of Wookiee medicine, and then they got to go find some more Wookiee medicine. Yeah. Now, you would, two things here. Is Feech fuck in Ewokies? Feech. Deej has said Feech twice now in reference to his kids, and it really does feel like that's just the word for fuck in their language. He's literally just saying fuck. Also, Ewok kids do two things. They mm -hmm. jump around flapping their arms, Mm -hmm. and they get annoyed with and fight with each other. That's it. Yep. According to this. (laughs) Yeah, that's 100%. That is is their personality. It is flappy arms, 
flapping on each other. Goofery. The goofery. The teddy bearness of it all. No, and, and there's even more lines in it. Like when I, I swear to God, they said pizza. <laughs> pizza. It's just it's just wild to me how this language that is, I mean, completely, it seems fleshed out, but they're not giving you any sort of indication as yeah. to what they're saying. Yeah. None whatsoever. None. They go on a medicine hunt. Apparently Mace doesn't know to never trust a creature playing peekaboo in a tree. <laughs> and honestly, it looks it. this is the land version of an angler fish, except yes. instead of a light in the dark waters, it's a Muppet on the end of a carnivore. I don't know. These creatures are called Temptors. Okay. Again, starwars.fandom.com. And literally, like anglerfish, mm -hmm. have this thing coming off of their head that is that cute little Muppet in the knothole. Oh. And then that entices you to, I guess, fist it down its throat and it gets a little blah, 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 blah on your wrist. Yeah. This whole scene reminded me of a scene in a movie called The Sweetest Thing. Have you ever seen it? No. Christina Applegate, Selma Blair, and Cameron Diaz. Oh, yeah. There's a scene where they're at a roadside bathroom, mm -hmm. and Cameron Diaz is using the stall in the men's restroom, mm -hmm. and there's a painting of a cocker spaniel on the wall of the bathroom, Okay. and there's a hole in its mouth, uh -huh. and she goes to look in the hole, and a dick pokes her in the eye. Oh. You look like my old doggy Buffy. Hello, girl. I was getting similar vibes from this Muppet in a knothole, but I guess that's kind of an icky thought considering this is kind of a teenager. It is. Now, mind you, why didn't it just bite his arm off? Girl, I don't know. Like, how None much more fun would that have been? Sense. Because, I mean, it, uh, people lose limbs in Star Wars uh, all, the stuff, all the time. All the time. Like, come on, cowards. Get rid of his people arm. People elect to lose limbs in the Star Wars universe and have them replaced. This happened in the Boba Fett show. It did. We know this about yeah. galaxies far, far away. I will say that ferret was super chill, though. He was super chill. Was I liked chill that ferret. ferret. So... The the day for night that they're trying to pull off <laughs> oh, in, this, yeah. in, this, in this movie Throughout is just the film. It's just not well done. Like it it's works if you're aiming the camera down. Like there's this scene between Sindel and Mace. Mm. And every time it pans down to Sindel, which makes sense why the camera would be aiming down, yes, it looks like nighttime. But and when then it they pans and then they up, do the reverse. You could see the they, lit horizon in the back. Right. <laughs> At least try to angle it down or put him in the front of, of, of some bushes. You do not mm. need to have the sky in that. It was it's, it's like they gave themselves unnecessary work. You're not wrong. I yeah. will also say there's this one moment where it became very clear to me that Sindel was going to be was going to grow up and be super into furries. I wish we had furry creatures like you where I came from. Oh. Furries? Oh. This argument can be made for a lot of media aimed at children in the 80s and 90s because you think of like 
Thundercats, right? Yes. These are all animalistic yes. power fantasies. Yes. Even the gummy bears, which maybe aren't as sexy, but are definitely like aspirational anthropomorphic bears. Street the, sharks. Yep. It was mm-hmm. all there for us as kids oh my God, to get horny sharks. over anthropomorphic animals and Fucking people wonder Turtles. why furries are a thing today. Exactly. Uh, absolutely. Exactly. Absolutely. Cinderella's also quite bad at mime. She's just flapping her hand and tapping on the table when trying to explain <laughs> the crash of the Star Cruiser. And look, she's a kid. I get it. But why is she the one that's trying to teach language to them? Why is it not Mace that's trying in every part of his being to be able to communicate with these guys effectively? Oh, did you not get that? Mace is a fucking shithead. <laughs> he is a shithead. That's why. Oh, God. That's yeah. why. Teen angst as exposition mm-hmm. always feels real good when the speaker has a laser fire wand and a blaster yeah. while caring for his young sister. Holy shit. I was more concerned about Sindel at the hands of Mace than anything else. Absolutely. Because he's clearly got testosterone rushing through his veins that his poor tween little brain doesn't know anything to do with. Yeah. And he just wants to shoot these teddy bear creatures and go off on his own and herka 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 and do whatever he can. And then, (laughs) Oh no, I've got a blaster and I can't kill this fucking wolf thing. Yeah. This giant wolf thing is coming after him. It's the size of a goddamn Hummer and he can't hit it at all. Yeah. Drops the blaster running into a tree trunk and suddenly it's Sindel who's super fatalistic about their parents probably being dead. What is happening between these two children? What yeah. sort of trauma have they had to deal with? And all of this started apparently with some kind of fight between Mace and his father because he's lamenting that. Yeah. It, wait, it, wait, wait. It, but also the fact that like they're in this tree, right? Mm. And then the, the boar wolf, whatever the fuck we want to call this thing mm. is suddenly just kind of disappears. And their response to it is to fall asleep in the tree trunk. I know why they did this because it was day for night and they needed to do this entire action sequence during the day. Yeah. And so what better way than have them fall asleep for 10 minutes Mm -hmm. and then suddenly it's afternoon. Suddenly it's afternoon and fucking three teddy bears with spears or rope and blow darts can do better than you could do. With a fucking blaster. You Absolutely. know what was in this kid's future? You know what this what was in this kid's future? What? Being a stormtrooper. Yeah, no, he couldn't aim for <laughs> he couldn't aim for shit. He lit, I like, firmly believe Mace uh, joined up. I <gasps> firmly believe Mace joined up. I don't know. We'll have to watch the sequel. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, uh but yeah, they could make they could subdue this Tim Burton-esque space nightmare, but Teen Inks personified couldn't do it with a blaster. No, it blows no, no. my mind. Now we get this life monitor situation. Yeah. And as you said previously, they've got life monitors. How can they not communicate? My question about the life monitor is if it's not on the person, how can you tell they're still alive? Yeah, no, I literally have that note. It was like one would assume that if the life monitor was not on their wrist, that person might be dead, that they're probably dead because those life monitors look like they're not, they're pretty hard to take off. Right. And if the point is to monitor your own life while it's on you, yeah. then why is it still doing it while it's off? Now, why is it attached? The boar wolf is wearing a collar, which I mean, is it to assume that this is the Gorax? It's what I think the belt is just caught around its neck. I don't think it's a collar. Uh, I think it's their dad's belt. Uh, 
but it doesn't make any more sense. It doesn't. And it doesn't clear anything up. And no. I don't forgive it. But anyways, <laughs> that's all I have for this section. I think Same. we should move on. We shall. The party seeks out the Ewok Logray, who informs them that the parents have been taken by the monstrous Gorax, which resides in a deserted, dangerous area. A caravan of Ewoks is formed to help the children find their parents. They meet up with a boisterous Ewok woodsman named Chukatrak, Kank the Ewok priestess, and a Wistie named Isrina before finally reaching the lair of the Gorax after a few mishaps along the way. Mishaps is the understatement of the fucking year. Brevity. I was going for brevity. <laughs> I know, I know. But hey, hey, at least we finally got to the tree fort city. We got to the Ewok village. Finally. Fuck yes. Finally. This whole time I'm going, what, is this, Are we just going to ignore yeah. the, the treehouse village? Right. But no, we're there. We get there. Low Gray is also like Wicket in Return of the Jedi. Yeah. He's the same kind of like shamanistic healer. Mm-hmm. He's got that like skull thing that he's wearing on his head. The only thing I can think of is that between then and Return of the Jedi, mm-hmm. that Imperial humans have come and been a bunch of dickheads to Ewoks. And that's why they no longer like humans. Maybe because that's the only reason I could think of that after this and after meeting an entire human family and befriending humans that they would act like they do when they run into, you know, the crew of the Millennium Falcon and Return of the Jedi. Well, I think the implication is, is that the star- the stormtroopers were there way early on and like they were trying to get rid of them. So it may be that they were trying to defend themselves at that point. Then fair play to the Ewoks because as yeah. fucking racist as Mace is, I don't blame them for being racist against humans. In return Absolutely. Later. He keeps like, he dismisses their IQ and keeps nagging them entirely. And you know, is completely disrespectful of their rituals. Like yeah. I, the fucking white kid privilege here. These people are just trying to help. Calm the fuck down. For real. Listen, as soon as I get my gun, we're history. We're out of this place. Why can't we stay here with them? Stay here with these walking hair brushes? Come on, Sandal, they're animals. No, they're not. I like them. Look, his whole performance is dime store Luke Skywalker. It really, really he may, is. He may as well be fluke ground flyer for all I care. Well, that and like his costume looks like he's supposed to be in a in a. Uh, uh, he X-wing. looks like a rebel pilot. He yeah. looks like he should, be, he should be in an X-wing, but like it's just it's it's just not great. Yeah. Um, but you know, hey, it, it is what it is. So thanks to Low Gray, the Medicine Man, mm-hmm. we get a glimpse, literally, of what's happening to their parents. That's mommy and daddy. If you had to guess, if I were giving you a hundo to accurately guess what Logre's magical uh, divining device is called, what would you guess? I would say uh, like a spirit viewer. That would be better. Okay. That's wrong. What, what is it? A crystal image spinner. A crystal image spinner. According to StarWars.Fandom.com, it is called a crystal image spinner. Fucking lazy. How yeah. does it even work? 
Anyway, I don't know. But apparently this device features in a few episodes of the Ewoks cartoon. So it mm. does have a bit more lore behind it. Yeah. But its existence is fully contained within these Ewok properties, yeah. which are now not even canon anymore. So who the fuck knows? The other thing that's also weird about this is the idea of like magic being such a thing in yeah. this sense. Now, mind you, the force is the magic of Star Wars. Sure. But these things are like these objects are imbued with this sort of we've never seen this. We've never. Yeah, we've, we've never, never seen, seen like arcane magic. We've never seen this in Star Wars. Which so is probably why, why it's is it so fucking loosey goosey. Right. What's weird is. We help you, Yub Nub. We help you. Yub Nub, Yub Nub, Yub All the talking Sindel has done to these Ewoks, she's never said any of those three words. Mm-hmm. And suddenly, this Ewok can clearly communicate in the common language. Yeah. With those three words. We help you with his creepy ass teeth. Oh my God. Yeah. The teeth were moving independently of the mouth. They're having such a hard time replicating any other word she says, but we help you falls right out. It, it doesn't make any sense. No. I, I made a point early on that I couldn't tell any of these Miwoks apart. Like nope. they all have names. I can't either. I felt mildly racist for that. So Shodu is the mother of this Ewok baby. Mm-hmm. I had to look up both her name and her relation to the baby because I thought that was Deej crying over maybe never seeing his baby again. And I started to note, where the fuck is this Ewok baby's mother? And that's when I realized that this character, Shodu, who kind of looks different from the other four or five, is the mother. But also, why did we need to have this moment? Because the baby never comes the fuck back up again. Now... I don't see any character growth happen. Even towards we get to the end, he's still kind of a dick. Well, and to your point, there's this big Ewok ceremony. They're agreeing to help you on this very dangerous task. Yes. There's these very, I mean, we hear from the narrator, these very important ceremonial items. (laughs) Right. Deej, as leader, is presented with the white wings of hope. The red wings of courage are given to the eldest son, Wichi. Wicked receives a magic walking stick. Wicked. While the blue wings of strength go to his brother Riddle. Sindel, the candle of pure light. This must be mine. I don't want to rock. Mace is over here like fucking pig pen. I got to rock. Halfway through the movie, we get tools to independently identify them. They could, at this point, put those things on so we know who's who. Mm -hmm. But they don't put them on for another 20 or so minutes. Yeah. No, we get we get over the next what felt like 12 hours was set pieces against each individual item that they had received. Much like the Fellowship of the Ring, this then just becomes, let's see how long we can watch them walk on screen. It is so so fucking long. And then we get these weird set pieces that happen. One of them is this lake that when Mace touches it is then transported underwater and anything that touches the water immediately is underwater for some reason. I mean, hey, that's how we learn what the magic of Wicket's walking stick is. Right. 
But that's the last time we see him use the walking stick. It's the only time I see him use the walking Why stick. Why did we need it? And the other items, um, you know, uh, we get the lumberjack, Ewok, Chuck-a-talk. Apparently, Logray just had a tooth that belonged to him, and that was enough to convince him. Yeah. And then Kank, who is apparently a crystal-worshipping hippie, because not only is that the item that they give her, we get the first view of Kank in kind of like a haze. Like she just took a big bong rip and she's just been waiting for her friends to show up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I will say this though, for any other star Wars movie, there are more biomes than any other planet we've seen in star Wars to date. Right. Who knew Endor had a desert? I didn't. Right. There's a, there's a prairie section. Yeah. There's a, there's a desert section. There's a mountainous Rocky section. Every planet that we visited in Star Wars is just one biome, which is funny even on fucking Naboo, because in, in many cases, every planet we've seen in Star Wars was filmed in Northern California, which is clearly also the case for this. <laughs> yeah, except it was like all wrapped up in one. Like here, we're going to go over towards the Mojave and here we're going to come <laughs> over a little bit to the central coast. And now we're in the Redwoods because it's Endor. I just, it, yeah, it's, it's nonsense. It really is nonsense. And then we get the scene with those wispies. Wisties. Wisties. Yes. Which, again, it was one of those things where it was just out of nowhere. It seemed reverse engineered. Like, oh, at the end, we need something to distract the Gorex. Right. Maybe it could be something that's like a demonic Tinkerbell. All right, let's work backwards from there. Exactly. And then this candle that effectively, did it just murder all those whis wisties? So what, what I got again from fandom okay. was that this cloud of wisties flew into the candle of everlasting okay. light and produced as like she became Isrina from this collection of other wisties, but she is also the queen of the wisties. And so Mace's response to that is to trap her in her pot in his pocket. Yeah. Cute. Let me put this entirely sentient dancing Tinkerbell crazy thing in my pocket. And not let it go. And not let it go. Yeah. But also feed it a little bit of Lambus bread. <laughs> or try to. <laughs> I mean, if I were Sundell, I'd be scared as fuck at this point. Oh, absolutely. But they say that she's a giggle eater. And I'm just like, what did you call me? Oh my god. <laughs> you know he's a giggle eater. Yeah, that's that's all I have. The last thing I had for this section, uh, to your point about traversing all of these different biomes. Yeah. Why does it make any damn sense that the Gorax is that deep in the forest to begin with? If he's sentient enough to like see that ship crash land and then went there to but investigate. Again, how? Because he lives inside of this giant, like none of this right. makes any fucking sense. It doesn't make any sense. It's no sense. Especially because it took 27 days for them to get there. Where'd you, where'd you get that? I'm just saying it took for fucking ever. Oh, fair. Yeah. We literally had a scene where it was them walking tense and then walking and then tense. Yeah. Like nothing happened. Yeah. It was too tense. Oh my God. <laughs> get it? Yeah. All right. Moving on. Let's go. Let's, let's wrap this up. They engage the Gorax in battle, freeing Jeremit and Katarin, but Chuka truck is killed. The Gorax is thought to be destroyed when it is knocked into a chasm. But it takes a final blow from Mace using Chukatrok's axe to kill the creature, which tries to climb back up after them. 
Thus reunited, the Tawanis decide to stay with the Ewoks until they can repair the Star Cruiser, and Isrina leaves to go back to her family. Why couldn't Lograde just crack the arrowhead compass out of this rock for Mace? Maybe he would have given a shit about the goddamn rock. And B, never not once have we seen a blaster run out of power mm-hmm. in canon or blast open a fucking rock. When he was firing the blaster, it was a continuous stream of, of energy that was uh, uh, heating up this rock and then exploding it or whatever. We've only ever seen lightsabers or droids do that. Right. None of this exists in the canon, and None. it doesn't make any sense why George Lucas would do something like this yeah full creative control and this is what creative control georgie boy come on and now that they're in the lair of the gorax they finally put on the fucking wings yeah and the asshole with the blue wings of strength fucking whittle stays behind you're the strong one supposedly yeah is it gonna imbue you with strength or is it just symbolic i guess i don't understand what the point of any i don't understand why two ewoks had to stay back with uh sindel which was it was just like it didn't it didn't make any sense. And to your point earlier, when they're presenting that crystal to Crake and she's deciding whether or not she's going to come on this caravan hullabaloo. Yeah. She puts Maze through a test. The crystal turns into a lizard. Why? Who knows? Sindel picks it up. It turns into a mouse. Crake trusts her, joins the group. Yep. A, big D&D vibes all around. Sure. B, wh- what are the boundaries of this magic? Because now... Craig is using it to move stalactites and to hypnotize spiders. And I don't understand. This crystal literally does whatever it is that the user needs. And if, and if that's the case, why haven't they been using it the entire fucking time? And why don't time? they use it to kill the Gorax? Right. Right. It, questions upon questions. Why not use it to, it enchants the spider. Why didn't they use it to enchant the Gorax? Speaking of these Ugh. spiders, there's only two of them. Yeah, the, this feels like a rushed like, oh, it, it, we got to do a spider trope because we're in caves. Yep. Normally you get things in threes. Yeah. Uh, we get little spider, big spider. Uh huh. Come on. It's OK. I made it. Come on. And you can clearly see the wires on both of them. Um, absolutely. <laughs> and I mean, again, originally filmed for television, originally seen on television. Yeah. Good chance you wouldn't have noticed. Now, them. now I do. I do want to paint a parallel for you real quick. Sure. So, you know, the crystal that we were just talking about, how yes. it, you know, we can use it. And like I mentioned that they use it to enchant the creature. Yes. You know, and, and I almost am disappointed that when low gray is giving the 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 crystal out. Mm. doesn't say you know let this light be your light when all the other lights go out because we're literally hitting almost beat for beat the fucking well that's what the endless candle thing. is for i know but still <laughs> it's basically lord of the rings i mean to your point yes literally when spider, that spider fucking cave spider falls into the chasm which leads to the front of the cave i guess yeah and on to sindel and the two ewoks that have stayed behind wicket and waddle waddle yeah. Uh, we, you know what? We both wobble, but they don't fall down. Um, <laughs> point is, the spider's on top of 
I think Wicket at this point. Yeah. And he full on hobbits. Like he Samwise Gamgee's that spider right in the yes. gut. Yes. You're absolutely it is, it is, right. It, 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 like somebody, George Lucas read the Lord of the Rings and was just like, eh, that works. I, I, I did it with uh, the fucking searchers. <laughs> I can just do it with this that too. Works. Yeah. Why not? Uh, my God. Why not? It's all derivative. Um, so we finally get into the Gorax's lair and my note, my note here was <laughs> fee, five, fo, fipple. I am the Gorax and this is my nipple <laughs> because clearly it's a mammal. Cause it's got that one big ass nipple sticking oh, off its it chest. It does have that nipple. Oh my God. Now it's eyes are terrifying, but he do have some thick thighs. He's got some I thick thighs. Know who's on I also him. like the little, like he's got a little thing in his hair, like a little, uh, again, a little moment. L'Oreal like, Coruscant because yeah. even the Gorax is worth it. Yeah, that hair. (laughs) I will say there was only one time in this where we both laughed out loud, and it was when that one Ewok hid Weechi lid hid in the wicker basket. Yes, Weechi in the wicker, and then he scutters across the floor (laughs) after flipping off the Gorax from behind his axe. (laughs) Yeah, watching that basket move across the cave floor, it legitimately tickled me. Uh, It's the only time I enjoyed anything about this film. Yeah, pretty pretty much. <laughs> the physics on this makeshift catapult are bullshit. No way those Ewoks <laughs> would have launched Mace up into that cage holding yes. his parents unless they're just dense as fuck. And furthermore, why not just throw them the rope exactly. to attach to something to shimmy down? Especially because there's a human-sized hole in the cage that they could have just dangled Climbed down out. from and yeah. then they could have caught them. Now look, I get it. We've played enough Uncharted to know that maybe that cage is too high to survive a fall from, but we also have played enough Uncharted to know that a little shimmy down the rope ain't gonna hurt you. Yeah, This absolutely. is all I'm saying. This is all I'm saying. Yeah. But yeah, this is where we pick back up with humans talking to each other again yeah. and where I had the note that all of the dialogue between the humans sounds like 80s after school special slash made it, for TV movies. It's so bad. It's so bad because like, Katarin uh, calls Mace honey at one point. Yeah. What is that? He's a friend. Come on, help him up. Hurry. I'm going down first. Mom, Dad, you follow. Careful, honey, be careful. Don't worry, he'll help you down. When, Why? When did Leia ever say, oh, Han, honey? When did any. Oh, honey. Oh, honey. Oh, Oh, honey. honey. Lord. I didn't realize Trixie was here. Oh, honey. Oh, honey. Oh, honey. Oh, honey. But yeah, there's nothing. There's nothing sci-fi about it. It, And hey, somehow May suddenly knows the Wistie's name. I don't know that. Yeah. She ever introduced himself. I don't know that she could speak common. I don't know how he knows that that Wistie's name is Isrina. They barely know that they're called Wisties because for all we know, the 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 Ewoks were just sneezing when that scene was happening. It doesn't make any sense. Other than, again, it, like you said, it was basically a device that they needed to have. And they're like, well, I guess we need to introduce this somewhere, make it into this whole thing. Like again, then Also, they immediately have to pay for it because Chukatrock dies because the Gorax is flailing the Wistie out of his face and knocks all these rocks down. And then we get this sad death scene. So wait, Mace caused Chuka, uh, Shaka, what is it? Chuka Khan? Chaka Khan. Yeah. Uh, Chuka Truck. Chuka Truck's death. Indirectly. Yes. So Mace is responsible for his death. And you would and think. And then steals his fucking weapon. Not steals. He gives it to him. Oh, that's right. And, you know, to be fair, this is a, a sad death scene. 
But for all the wrong reasons. It really is. <laughs> all the fucking no's. Like, I was expecting a fucking Darth Vader no to happen. That, and, I mean, they uh, repeat themselves so many times in the dialogue of this film. It's almost like they were like, you need to say every line in this script because we're putting every line in the script in because we have to fill this time. Yeah, we're not cutting anything. We, we gotta get we gotta be any. two hours with commercials, buddy. Right. And so they they effectively because it could have been edited. This could be edited in my opinion, to be more exciting and more mm-hmm. and, and better. It could be tighter. It could be so much tighter. A tight 50 minutes, and this would at least not be painful to watch. No, it wouldn't. We would still hate Mace just as much as we do. Sure. But yeah, this death scene, I just, I for a half second, thought they were going to kiss. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been cute. But instead, it was an axe handoff. Um, yeah. And you know what? That one axe throwing lesson that Mace got from Chukatrock paid off because that's how they, they managed to to kill the Gorax. But I'm sorry, Gorax is coming down that very long flight of stairs, which, by the way, going back to D&D, mm-hmm. a shitty DM would have made you roll an athletics check to climb up each of those stairs like yeah. the Ewoks and the kid were doing because they were going full body into it. That that alone took them three hours to do. Yeah, stairs in either direction are a nightmare. Care to take the stairs? <laughs> the stairs. Yeah, right. I hate the stairs. I mean, going down them isn't the worst, but going up. Stairs in either direction is a nightmare. God, I love elevators. God, I love this co-op. But Welcome. Yes. I wanted to make sure I teed you up for <laughs> Thank that. Thank you. But they're effectively doing a tripwire, and they take so long doing it, and the Gorax is literally looking at them while they do it. He still somehow manages to hit it. Yeah falls down this crevasse yeah and which we see him disappear yeah presumably to his front door if he followed the spider for sure so he could have just come around the back way yeah and then snacked that little sindel up for a little treat then he just pops up almost immediately and Mm -hmm. it's like this is a big cavern you would have seen him coming back up Yes. It's just, and again, it's laziness. It is. It's, but hey, uh, it's the one time that Mace's angst pays off. It's the one time that it's clear he was paying attention to something because sure. that axe lands right in that Gorax's back. And yeah. I guess, I guess on top of being fucked in the face by a Wistie, having rocks crushed upon your head and falling down a flight of stairs and a chasm, the axe in the back is the thing that does it. Yeah fucking wild again the laziness in terms of like we've got this one thing that's going to do all the work in this but yet we had to make a whole big fucking scene about you getting these other things and even even the rock that mace gets that has a little like arrowhead in it that immediately disappears mm-hmm. is just uh again it's all very D. Yeah. what do you think about it structurally it feels very D. like group of people who don't really know each other kind of mixed races mixed sure. classes yeah. each has special skills slash abilities slash uh trinkets yeah big bad at the end you accidentally kill him tell yeah. me this isn't like any number of D sessions you've ever played and just ever so anticlimactic 
of this the, ending. I mean, it, just, it, it was bored. the driest ejaculation of a denouement that I've oh. ever seen. They're like, hey, it's kind of like the Endor one, which technically happens later. Wicket's yeah, dancing on a table. Mu- music and whatever, and everybody's happy. We're both very and- lucky. Why, thank you very much. <laughs> we are two very lucky fathers. <laughs> that line was yeah. fucking stupid. So like, stupid. If I were into star wars at the time mm. like seeing the movies which were at the time incredible feats sure. of technology and cinematography this is this is just i would be I'd be so let down by this not for nothing most m- most people who would consider themselves diehard fans at the time were yeah uh, if you recall original reactions to the ewoks were like, it's for kids burr, burr, burr. right which again in return of the jedi i'm fine with them all of this is nonsense. It is really nonsense, and and if this is the 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 knee or the knee jerk reaction to the Star Wars Holiday Special, then buckle up because it did well enough for a sequel, baby. <sighs> yeah, <laughs> coming next season on non plus. I mean, if this at least had a B Arthur cameo, like this would have been if a better. It, if thing. this at least had a B Arthur musical number. Oh my God! Yes. Just one more round, friend. Just one more song, friend, and then so long, friend. The nights get shorter, it seems. But alas, it didn't, and alas, we're done with this. Yeah, um, couldn't really tell the budget or what it made. Again, it was made for TV. Yeah. Um, I couldn't find budget details, but clearly they were on a budget. Yeah. Um, <laughs> who knows what it made? It aired on ABC, question mark. Critic scores... Now, I couldn't find any original ones, but uh, Rotten Tomatoes has the average at 21%. The yeah. oldest ones we have here go back to 2016, and none of them were from uh, publications that I was familiar with. But uh, here's a quick rundown. Uh, Mike Massey with Gone with the Twins. The most unforgivable aspect of this uh, negligible exploitation of the Ewoks appeal to toddlers is that John Williams' music is all but non-existent. That's the biggest problem he had. He with didn't this? like. He didn't. I. I get. I. I literally I didn't, didn't think about the music because everything else either. was so awful. He I gave it a three either. out of ten in September of 2020. This must have been a pandemic view for Mike Massey. Must have been. <laughs> Honestly, that's probably when this hit Disney Plus, and that's probably I think it why. was. Yeah, more or less. Anyways, Grant Watson at Fiction Machine said, "Historical interest, however, is really Caravan of Courage is only reason to be seen these days." Sure. Historical interest? Like, in terms of, like, the history of the Star Wars film franchise. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think I, that's the context. I guess. Like, as, as, a, as an artifact of its time, interesting to look at. Yeah, for, for um, sure. R- sorry. Interesting to examine. Don't go too deep, though. It, it, honestly, you're better off reading about it. Yeah. Um, he gave it three out of ten. Then finally, we got Tim Brayton at Antagony and Ecstasy. Wow. Nothing but a transparent attempt to keep the brand name alive and the marketing spigot open, and it really does not attempt to go above that horribly mediocre bar. Agreed. Four out of ten. Uh, view- viewers' scores were a little bit higher. They were at 44%, which, I mean, there's probably some rose-colored glasses going on here with sure. kids watching this growing up, you know, whatever. Nostalgia is a hell of a and, drug. And, and that's the other part of this, too, is it, it, there is a case to be made that 
this was targeted towards kids and it worked for kids. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? But anyways, Isaac M gave it a half star in, in 2010. In, yeah. uh, he said, there are a few movies. I am ashamed to say that I've seen. This is one of them. <laughs> Agreed. There goes our theory about nostalgia, except Brandy E in 2008 gave it five stars and said, I loved this movie. One of my number one favorites from my childhood. I think she was commenting on the wrong movie. No, it was on this one. I just think she hadn't watched it before reviewing. Oh, got it. She was seeing it through the haze of childhood memory. Got it. And maybe I'm assuming it's a she, um, but maybe also perhaps some early uh, teen heart flutters at Mace. Yeah. Because again, even as a dime store, Luke Skywalker, he's kind of cute. A little bit, a yeah. Little bit, yeah. A little bit. Lucinda J gave it three stars in uh, February of 2022, saying, Well, I mean, it has its charm, mostly Wicket and Sindel. Also, keep the gun away from that overly emotional teenage boy. Thank you, Lucinda. Lucinda is doing the Lord's work here. Also, how charming is Sindel when she's wearing a garter belt around her head as a headband the entire time? I mean, my God, yes. <laughs> it looked like that got ripped off of somebody's thigh at a wedding. And she was just like, this is this is <laughs> this my is, accessory. This is me now. <laughs> so you will be surprised, I think, to learn that there are a couple of awards slash accolades for this film. It was one of four films to be jury awarded Emmys for outstanding visual effects at the 37th primetime Emmy Awards. Must have been a a slow year. I mean, it was 84. Yeah. And it was on TV again for TV at the time. Fair enough. I mean, they were doing things. I I, I mean, they were doing things with like matte painting and stuff like that. That was was, uh, 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 Definitely harder to do and more time consuming for television. Yes. But yeah. The film mm. was additionally nominated for Outstanding Children's Program, but lost in this category to an, an episode of American Playhouse, whatever that was. Yeah. So, some trivia to your point some of the last intensive stop motion animation that ILM ever produced was in this show, transitioning to a go motion model using motorized puppets and bigger projects with bigger budgets than this had. Yeah. They continue to do that stop motion with the Rancor, mm-hmm. um, which, I mean, it, it even then it still looks dated to this, to this point. Yeah. Like there, there's a lot, there's a lot of things that like go motion and having animatronics mm-hmm. um, moving is much more, uh, realistic, but also expensive for a TV movie on ABC. Ab- absolutely. Um, as you mentioned earlier, it used the matte painting technique, uh, that was, uh, sort of, um, hyped mostly for 2001 space odyssey yeah. to insert detailed landscape and environment paintings into backgrounds. Yeah. Um, during the production of the film, the children in the cast had to balance their schoolwork with acting. Obviously, um, Lucasfilm decided that it might be an educational rewarding experience for the older children to be given their own camera to use between takes, calling themselves W and W productions. Walker and Warwick shot a documentary of the making of the film, which was released to Walker's YouTube channel in 2014. That's fun. That seems like that'd probably be more fun than what we watched. Agreed. Uh, In 1985, Random House released a children's book adapting the Ewok adventure by Amy Ehrlich titled The Ewoks and the Lost Children, which includes stills from the film. There's also a uh, they also released a picture book with audio tape for those learning to read. And for those purposes. Great. Yeah. For. Uh, 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 an evening of film not so much goodness for sure this was this was a trek 
This was a trick. I mean, uh, we didn't want to spend as much time as we did. And ultimately this, probably like, won't. There's a good chance this ends up being one of our shortest episodes it, by the time you hear it. It really might be. <laughs> but at the same time, like this, that still is too long. This, this was a slog to get through. Mm. Don't wa- if you, it's not really worth watching. Go read the Wikipedia on it. I mean, that'll or give you all the information. Take you need. a page out of Craig's crystal book, do a big bong rip and then watch it. Uh, maybe you'll have a good time. Maybe, maybe, or not. maybe you'll just dream of lifeless Ewok eyes for a few weeks. Oh, God, goodness. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Although that Gorax's thighs, hey, thickums. Yeah. Um, but his eyes terrifying. Uh, check us out on Patreon, patreon.com slash making mischief. Um, we're still covering the inhumans. Yep. We've got two more episodes while we'll be covering that, but four more episodes of the show to go. We're doubling up again. Doing the Lord's work. We are. And honestly, we hope we're making it fun for you. Now, yeah. I've mentioned Dungeons and Dragons a few times this episode. I think it's worth mentioning that coming up on Mischief Media. Yeah, there's a new show that's coming out. It's at Broadway Does D&D. Yes. Join Broadway stars Anthony Rapp, Lashans, Nick Walker, and Peppermint. Oh my God, Peppermint? A fantasy audio adventure unlike any other coming this fall to Mischief Media. That's exciting. Honestly, that sounds like a really good time. It does. So I'm, I'm excited for that. All so. right, Clancy, where can they find us on social media? Uh, they can do that at nonplusspod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Yes, and if you want to send in a note to us, um, suggest a movie to watch, uh, present a counterpoint, or just say hello, you can do that at submissions at nonpluspod.com. Yep. Also, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, alert, Thumbs up, whatever, on your podcasting platform of preference. Help us game that algorithm. Help yeah. us get more listens. We were, we're in the top 500 for American film and TV criticism this uh, cycle. So that's good. Yeah. We were, what, like 457? Something like that. Something like that. Honestly, like, and that's that's pretty cool. Hey. But hey, we're, we're moving on up. We're moving on up. <sighs> well, that over there is my husband, Josh. And that over there is my husband, Clancy. And we are nonplus. Good Lord, are we nonplus? Heavens to Murgatroyd. And Betsy. This was a, a featuring yub nub of a slog. Tip rip? Tip yip? Nip tip. On the Gorax, yes. 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 Pinchy pinchy. Little pinch. <laughs> I love those fancy chickens. <laughs> I know those. I oh, love them. Got the poof of hair on top. Oh my god! So it's cute. Fucking strut. Mm. so weird you know what else is weird we have real horses (laughs) even aside from that even aside from the pedestrian livestock there's a fucking owl just a regular old owl oh yeah how many bird type creatures have we seen in star wars and you're just gonna give me a regular old fucking barn owl Mm -hmm. fuck you yeah wee little ewok baby going dead little baby And remember to get 15% off your first loot crate order. Click our very special link in the episode description and use code nonplussed at checkout to get 15% off your purchase.
Get your geek in the box. What? Geek in the box, girl. You're going to get us into trouble. I'll geek to that. <laughs> <laughs>